Jesus' name. Eternal resurrection unto him, O Lord. And let your perpetual light shine upon him. And may the souls of all the things who will be parted through the mercy of God. Rest in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be seated. Today, I'm glad to stand before you. I'm glad because I'm alive. I thank God because it's not because I'm better than any other person sitting out there or those who are gone. It was just the grace and mercy of God that we are here and alive. I want to especially thank the executive for also considering me for this ample opportunity to share in my testimonies. I use every opportunity to share my testimony. Of God's great work in my life. I'm going to testify today to share that God is um, what I call infinite. You cannot comprehend Him, whether in terms of size or reach or space, there's no measure to who God is. When I was first told that I was going to talk on spiritual decline, I was taken aback. I felt, ah, CP has found me out. Maybe he knows that um, I've been backsliding. You know, for some time, I've not been very um, regular because of work and a lot of other things, especially in this period where we all try to stay safe. So many people have really backslided. And when he told me to talk on spiritual decline, I felt, ah, this one is an indictment. How do I testify of my spiritual decline? <laughs> but to God be the glory, God will help us today and shine the light on our hearts as we go through a few of these slides I have prepared to bring the message closer home. We eat to grow and exercise to stay healthy. So much more, we need spiritual food to grow. And mostly, exercise, spiritual exercise, to avoid decline or decay. You will find that, that most times, prior to this time, all we do is we keep taking the spiritual food. We keep eating and eating and eating and eating. I don't know how many of us try to exercise our faith. I don't just mean hearing the word of God, digesting it, and it will boost your faith. You know, when we go to message, uh, churches and programs, when we hear preaching, our faith will get fired up. But then we'll get so fired up that we'll just go back to our bedroom and the fire goes down. If you are a living person and every day you eat, you do not exercise. There is no way you will remain healthy if you do not exercise. That is also the way when we eat spiritual food, we need to exercise that this food may be used to the glory of God. For just as human body without the spirit is dead, is a dead corpse, so faith without the expression of good works is dead. You can find that in James chapter 2 verse 26. 
Every time we profess our faith, the best testimony we have is the works we do. And I'm going to ask us at each point, I'll be putting out the questions to us. In this fellowship, what are you known for? What is the work you do? Let's not go to the church. Let's start from here. Here where you are seated, what are you known for? What is the expression of the faith you gain here every Monday? Matthew 6, 24. It says, How could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other. Or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God. Why enslave to the God of money? So many people today do not know that they are enslaved to money or the God of money. If you check your day-to-day -day activity, it will tell you who is your master. I want to make that very clear. If you spend, let's say for some of us, 16 hours a day awake, if we allocate that 16 hours, who or what gets more? You will definitely find out that it is most likely your pursuit for money that gets more. Now that is not a slavery. It is good to go work. It is good to make money. But do you become a slave to that process? Why you see that so many of us are not opportune to be here? It's because of work or one thing or the other. We have all relegated God to leisure, to opportunity. You know, when, when I'm chanced, I'll come to fellowship. But when something happens to you, fellowship will become your home or church will become your home. It ought not to be so, brothers and sisters. I'll take us through a few stages. I call this the stages of spiritual decline. It is very pertinent that we need to understand this in this way. But please, pardon me, a little disclaimer. There is nothing that says that the stages you have here are the steps. So it is just for example. I was able to bring out this from the experience I've had. And I'm going to share this with my testimony. You see, when we started life, all we wanted was the basic things of life, necessity, food, eat, drink. Shelter, why you? As a child, I mean, like growing up, all you want is just the basic necessities of life. I don't know how many children who wants to ride Jeep. Their dream, like your child, to tell you that all I want to do is just to ride Jeep. It's, it's not, all they want is just basic necessities of life. And that is why the first stage of spiritual decline is when the basic necessity of life becomes a God. You see some people, for food, they can kill. For food, food. Somebody that is hungry. Just that he's hungry, he can kill for food. So just to wear the best clothes or the best shoes. Or probably just to live in a particular kind of house or ride a particular kind of car. People go to the extent of even taking the lives of others. At that stage, the necessity of life has become a God to that person. Number two is career and work. By the time we all finish schooling, we have schooled from primary, secondary to university and we graduate. The next thing is we want to get employed and make money. And because of this thing, a lot of lies has been read, especially my brothers and sisters, the young people. Some of us have gone to sleeping with buzzes in the office or all kinds of things. I hear 
a lot now of what young men do just to make money. Apart from the I think they call it Yahoo Plus. You know, use people for ritual and all that. And I begin to ask myself, let's take for example, my mom was very good to me as a child and she always made me follow one principle. She would tell me, if you want to follow this road, look at those that have passed it before. You know, in those days, I used to hear of people making money, ritual, and all that. Like, in the early, or uh, let me say, a little bit late 90s, I was in secondary school then, and we used to hear of the big men who did money. You know in town, they will know them, people that did money ritual. Have you ever gone back to your town to find out where those people are? If peradventure any of those people are alive today, their state is worse than pitiable. And yet, the drove of our young men to make money in this way, and women. I saw a video the other day, people bathing naked in the water, and all sorts of things. I saw people eating raw chicken. They eat raw chicken. You know, just shred, take out the back, and they are eating it raw, life. And I am beginning to ask myself, for adventure, you make the money, then what? But you see, those kind of young men don't sit in these kind of places. And that is why I am bringing it here for us today. Because the parents of those young men are probably in our churches. Some of them are here. If I ask you where is your son now, some people will say, Sochine Kema. It ought not to be so. So they have made, apart from the necessity of life, I've gone to the next one, monetary gain. They have made it their God. Now, when somebody begins to do anything for money, I remember when I got an appointment, a lady who was working with me brought the younger sister to me. And I said, yes, how can I help you? He said, no, not me, my sister. I said, what is it? What do you want? Because in my office is an empowerment office where we create jobs and people go for training. He said, no, you know, I already have a boyfriend, somebody I'm going out with. So I brought my sister to you just in case you need anything. She can, I mean, that is somebody working in the same office to me, with me, a subordinate. Was bringing her sister to me as an assistant, knowing that my wife was not around. That occasionally even I'm okay now. You can make back and okay. You know, it is to that extent that we find this monetary gain become another thing. And that is the next level. Pleasure. When people have gotten the money, they have arrived, they now want all the pleasure. You see young men, they come out with their G wagon and everything. And you look at the person writing G wagon, he can't probably write it on the paper. Tell him to spell it, he can't spell G wagon. And yet, these are the big boys in the society. You see them buying all the kinds of car I hear these days. I wonder, and that is not for our parents. The young ones have taken over. Now let me ask you, what do they do? How many times have we come to meet any of these young men and say, what is your job description? I'm not a I'm not a 
to Batagene. I want to tell you, and I want to share with us. Once this passes this level of pleasure, it gets to the level of power. At that stage, the person is almost at the point of no return. No matter what you tell a young man, if he has tasted this devilish power, even just small office, if I give, create an office here now, and I say, um, who can I, I don't know, I'm looking for maybe the youngest person here. I think that should be Gineka. Gineka, you the youngest here. If I create an office here, I say, if you want to everybody here, eh? I'm going to give everybody here, let's say 5,000 5, naira. But before you collect that 5,000 naira, you have to sign your name with Gineka. Just go over there and sign your name. I tell you, for the first five minutes, you won't understand what is happening. But after five minutes, the power she would have assumed, she will choose who we sign first. And she, you know, just a little office. Just give it to. It doesn't matter whether it is CP coming, it is CP go to the line. It is as simple as that. Now, this in itself is not bad to say. But how do we use it? In that small place where you exercise authority, it may be your home, just your house. How do you exercise this power? And now we get to the last one, self-seeking. Any man that is at a point where he is now an authority in himself, spiritual decline is just on the next door. Because he doesn't even give it down. You tell God what? I can do and undo. And that is what I call the stages of spiritual decline. It starts with basic necessities of life. Now, these things in itself are not bad. We Christians should aspire to be able to get the basic necessity of our life. We should have a career. We should have money. We should have pleasure. We should have power. But instead of self, we should have the Spirit of God. And this is the inverse proportion. The pursuit of these thorns that choke the core things that directly impact our spiritual growth, like character, conduct, fellowship, studying the word, evangelism, fasting and prayer, which is inversely proportional to spiritual decline or decay, is what makes us backslide. Once you begin to pursue these things and make it a priority over your spiritual affair, you are automatically declining. Now, backsliding or spiritual decline is simply lack of discipline. As anybody could have defined it, I just chose this definition by myself. This is just anything you call it, I don't know what name you want to give it, it is just lack of discipline. That is what backsliding is. An antidote, discipline is an antidote or decay, which translates to discipleship. If you let yourself be discipled, you will find that decline may not be in your life. It is the art of self-aggrandizement, coupled with greed and above all, death of godliness. Once people begin to make it that all I care about is myself first, whether in marriage, whether in career, in anything at all, once you first seek yourself, automatically you are on the path to spiritual decline. First John chapter 2, verse 16, gives us the three stages of spiritual decline. It is very simple. I am sure most of us know it. For all that the world can offer us, one, 
the gratification of our flesh. Two, allurement of the things of the world. And three, obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. These are what we gain when we are in the world. It is just a matter of the flesh. This flesh that will soon go down the grave and return back to the sand that it is. I want to ask you, if you take so much care to nourish your body, you eat very good food. Some of us are vegetarian. We don't eat meat. We don't want that. You take so much care about your body. You know, some of us, we have a way we nourish our body. I can tell you some people, the cream they use and everything. If you can take so much care of this, your body, this one now that I'm looking at, do you know that when this, when this breath is gone, this body doesn't last, I don't know how many hours, and the process of decay will automatically set in. But the way we nourish this body, we don't give half the attention to the spirit. Then how can we grow spiritually? That is why I choose that today, I'm going to share my testimony on spiritual decline, and we know what it entails. According to Beta and Power, they say spiritual growth mediated the relationship between moral demonic struggles with satisfaction in life. Now, spiritual growth is just about two things. One is moral, and two is demonic struggle. Once you have satisfaction in life, you are able to wade through these two battles. But decline mediates between relationship between demonic, moral, and interpersonal struggle with anxiety. You can never, never be satisfied in life if you're on the spiritual decline. You only want more. It is just more, more, and more. Teaching young people to give without opportunity for them to work is akin to spiritual decline. I beg forgiveness of my clergymen who are here. Yes, it is good we teach people to give. But what do they give? Have we taught them to work? Have we taught them that they work is more important than the giving. That should be... When people can work and make money, you don't need to preach to them to give because they will have it. We must begin to reverse the trend and begin to teach, not just our young people, our children. I tell my son, you have to go to school so that you can get a phone if you want to use daddy's phone. This is daddy's phone. Daddy went to school and bought his phone. Yes, you have a phone. But you want my own. You have to go to school. You have to read. I have to somehow incite in him that going to school will help him to learn. And when he learns, he will be able to apply himself to work. There are some things he will tell me. I say, he said, Daddy, buy me this. I say, give me money. He said, no, use your money. I say, no, then it's not your own. It's my own. As young as he is, I want him to know that he has to work, not daddy's own. Jesus said, anyone who begins to plow a field but looks back, is not prepared for God's kingdom. We must all begin to prepare ourselves for the kingdom of God is at hand. Christians seek to practice what we call spiritual disciplines so, they, so that they can be fit in a spiritually transmitted point of view. True, though not for salvation, but for spiritual growth. Why we seek spiritual discipline? It's not that we will be saved. Because already we are Christians. We have given our lives to Christ. Why do we need spiritual discipline? So that we can grow. 
It is for the process of growth. Now, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, describes it perfectly. It says, A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel, a red, that quickly with us, but we run our race to win a Vitor's crown that will last forever. I don't know. I think recently, I don't know which team it is, but I hear that in a, um, a football club, the players have been banned from even meeting with their spouses or their women for the period of the league. They have put a ban that for now, as an athlete, you have to be fit and do more humanizing. If athletes can go to that length, what about us that are looking for this Vitor's crown? This eternal crown. What they are looking for is just to win one league, one championship. Maybe just this year. And they can go through the training, whether in the rain, in the sun. And there are some of us who want to win an eternal crown. We just sit back and watch them on the TV. We have not really started. Now, I get to just the idea of immediate gratification affects our spiritual life and growth. I beg each and every one of us, I'll start with our parents. I want to beg our parents. When you go home today, sit your words down, your children. Ask them what they think about life. Why they do what they do. Begin to understand their psychology. The reason is that no young person today wants to enter civil service to grow and become a civil a director in 30 years. Nobody's looking for that. No young person today wants to put money in a business that will bring money in the next 10 years. No young person today wants to invest, say, I want to invest in my future, and then maybe I will repeat after 20 years. All they want is that, give me and take. Even when he comes to you, good afternoon, sir, good afternoon, sir. If he does it three times, he don't give him something. The next day when you are coming, you look the other way and pass. What is happening? These ones are still your children in the house. The right time is now to reorientate them. That's why I'm begging our parents, because we are talking of reorientation of the young ones. Spiritual decline is not for people who are closer to where they are. Uh, my mom will say that the one I have gone, I am closer to where I'm going to. I, I don't know if you understand this. She just passed 70. She said, now I know I am closer to where I am going to. Spiritual decline is not for those who are closer to where they are going to. It is for those who are just starting. Why do I say so? You barely find somebody who was raised a Christian and is still a Christian at 60, 70 doing the sort of things I have been describing. They have lived their life. But these ones that are starting, before you even say Jack Robinson, the fire will come. And like, um, I don't know how to describe it. It goes as soon as it comes. Why? No immediate gratification. Spiritual decline is giving same offering over the years. I had to make this first because I talked about um, giving. I learned something as a young man. 
you must be able to give something to God. And that thing comes in three levels. One is time. Please, for every young man here, the first thing you give to God is not money. Is not money. I don't know how, I don't care whether you have millions in your account. It's not money. The first thing you give to God is your time. The next thing, number two thing, is your talent. I can't believe that every Monday, CPC comes here between 4 and 4.30 to arrange chairs and the young men come and sit on it. Before 5 o'clock, he, he called me before 5 o'clock. I was staying on my way from Misoka. He called me. that I have not called you to know if you're in town. He will call at his age. His time. His time. It's not about the money first. It's your time. Your talent. Yes, you are busy. How much are you making? In your church. Yes, we have churches. Thank God for our clergymen. We have young men. How many of them can on their own take their Bible and say, I'm going on evangelism? On their own. This is where we are missing it. The last one you can give is your treasure, your money. You must learn to give this treasure. Now, I said that if you are giving the same one over the years, the only thing you have to give is your time or your talent. Or, remember I'm using all. Or only money, your offering, then you can't grow. I tried to do something which I, did, I didn't have to put on the slide. I checked the dollar rate 10 years ago and what it is now. I simply understood that if by, let's say, 2015, you are giving 100 naira as offering, the same 100 naira, if you give it today, is half the value. So it is automatically a spiritual decline. If it is the same offering, especially, okay, forgive me, I have to talk, say this to our mothers. I noticed, forgive me, not in this place, in my church, when women have meetings, when they give offering, I don't like going near them. You can barely find 100 naira. It must be the changes. And I asked somebody one day, I said, why is it that <laughs> it is you men that want to give one whole 500 now, but you can't give it to your wife. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Why is that all the offering will always look like change from the market? He said, because we are coming from the market. That is what we have. That is what we give. You know, forgive me. I say that's not here. But we must learn to change our offering. It may not be about money now. It may be your time. How early do you come from to fellowship? Can you change it from coming late to coming early? What do you do in fellowship? What is your talent? Is it to clean up this place? Is it to arrange this place? Can we change that? We need to up our level. Uh, okay, I already have it there as number two. Not keeping to time is decline because time is constant. You see, I'm here, it's just 7, 18, thereabout. This time, whether you like it or not, is 7 18 or Monday, 8th of February. It will not change. If I tell you 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, I don't know. Thank God we have a lot of elders here. Have you ever given a young man an appointment? 
And you have to sit down and wait for him to come. Like a jobless young man. You say, come and meet me at such and such place by seven o'clock. No matter, except it is somebody that has the Holy Spirit. You will get there before the person. It is a big spiritual decline. We may not see it as so. Let me give you an example. You are going to church. How come the fathers and the mothers get ready and start waiting for their children? He knows he has to wake up and wash the car. And when you ask, what are you doing? I'm still washing the car, daddy. Why don't you wake up earlier and wash the car? It is very rare to find young people keeping to time these days. And that is the full picture or a, a, a kind of mirror of the society we are plunging in. Time to test any young man. Use time. Just to test how faithful a young man is. Don't give him money. He may know you are testing him, but just give him time. Say, I want you to go to Susan so place by 8 o'clock. Forget it. It will take the grace of God. The next one, spiritual decline, is when you can pray down heaven, but not blessed because of lack of works of hand. So many of us are prayer warriors, spiritually alert. All night we pray, but your hands do not find anything to do. How will you be blessed? Except manners come down from heaven again. It is possible for manners to come from heaven. But you must apply your hands to work that God may bless the works of your hands. Am I correct? Will God bless the, mass of, the prayers of your mouth? Yes, prayers work. Prayers are powerful. Especially when they are with fasting. They are very good. But after praying, then what? What do you do after praying for that appointment, for that employment? Do you go back to bed and start sleeping? These are the things that cause spiritual decline. Once we begin to lose touch between the level of our faith, or when our faith no longer corresponds to our works, we are already on the decline. You can have the faith to move mountains, but if you do not do something about it, the mountain will keep moving you. Spiritual decline is not knowing the residence or workplace of your brethren, but profess fellowship. I want to ask here, very sad to ask, how many of us here can tell me, I don't need you to ask, just if you know the name of the person sitting on your right or your left, as we are in this fellowship now, you know the person sitting on your right and your left, you know the name of the person. If I ask for a show of hands, it may look embarrassing, but you will find out that even here where we are, we sit every Monday. Some of us do not know the name of this person sitting here. Maybe apart from those that uh, our CP will always call. If you ask me the name of that brother that sings, I may not even remember, but I know him. I don't even know his name. It ought not to be so. As we are seated here, we are not up to 100. And we come here every Monday, but we don't even know the name of the person. If you don't know somebody's name, how will you know his house address? I was so excited when our sister visited us with the children. And I must say, apart from CP and uh, the PRO that came to the house, she is the only member that has visited since my wife put to bed. But people still ask me every Monday, what is your house address? <laughs> when we 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> so one day I take what I'll do, I'll just put my house address. Say, ask me, I'll give you. <laughs> you know? I'm saying this, it sounds funny, but it's the reality. I want to add this on the sad note. Our brother has just left us. We all know every money, every Monday. How many of us know where he lives? How many of us here can say, I boast, I know him, I know his house? You can't say you know a man where you don't know where he lives. We must change our ways. We must up our game. We don't have to remain this way and keep praying every day for heaven to come down. That heaven you are looking for, that job you are looking for, that thing you need may just be in the person sitting next to you. If you ask me what our sister does, I don't know until I have to read her book. It is not fair. No matter how big or how small, we should at least know each other, starting from here. It is not only in there that we go and visit the person's house or start looking for her address. It ought not to be so. Lastly, lack of spiritual exercise is the forefront of decline in life. Spiritual exercise is not praying in tongues. It is me and you here. You say you love me. What have you done for me recently? Who here can tell me what he has done for a brethren here, at least this year? It doesn't matter. It may be Ginika, forgive me, I have to call your name again, even though you are distracted. It may be Ginika again. She may not have money, but she can go to um, Madame Annie's house and say, I want to help you with water today. Today, our auntie executive is not there. I am sure. We'll wait till next Monday and say, I didn't see you last Monday. It ought not to be so. Young men, you are here. How many of you have ever gone to, let's say, Reverend Jacob's house to say, I want to help you with washing of your car? Do we even know where he lives? Some of us are looking for who Reverend Jacob is. I know Adadi Kenyonara. How many of us have ever seen, I want to know where your farm is? Let me, this weekend I'm free. Let me just help in your farm. I don't ask you to pay me. This is what brethren ought to do. We have people that are into different kinds of businesses here. How many of us patronize them? We are looking for spiritual decline. It is not falling from a mountain. It is what we are doing here today. I need us to take this to heart as I begin to run off. I beg of us, the time has come for us to, if not for anything, change this fellowship by changing ourselves. And how can we grow as a fellowship? You know, every Monday they'll say, no new member, no new member, no new member. How are we looking for the new member? What happened? Even the old ones we have, where are they? So I want to beg each and every one of us. That is why I say is my testimony. I'll take the last few minutes to share my testimony here. And when I'm through, maybe we can look at one more thing before I close. My testimony here started at 
I didn't come here to meet any man. It wasn't because Mr. Mekaman was fellowshipping here. I was hoping that one day he would give me a job. No. I was working somewhere in Ugu Gym here, Modo. And when I was in school, I had already shared my testimony house to gospel. So I needed a close to gospel. So from Modo, I was living in Lomalenda, close to Lomalenda Estate. And naturally, my legacy is not this formatic they are using. I have tomatic. And that my tomatic can take me anywhere. Once I close on work, I just throw straight to this place. Sit down. Let all the preaching come and go. When the preaching is over, please give me meat by and water. Dinner. Take it. Oh yeah. Ahead, ahead. I thank God my mommy is here. She knows um Dr. Oz. Doctor, the doctor that used to drop us close to ESBS. You are living close to top rank. Chiku Chuba, Doctor Chuba would drop me and her by ESBS, and from there I marched home. That is, it was a, it was a Monday Monday routine. Monday I was sure of dinner because who gospel will give me meat pie and water. Nothing else. I just joined. Once they close, I just stand by the door there and. When Dr. Chiba, because then he was the president. After all the meetings, we would just join in his car. He would take us home. I wasn't particularly coming for The midwife was healthy for me. It was better than anything, going to bed hungry. But that was how I started. Now, I got admission while I was here to go and study, to do my degree, because I had just done, I had my diploma. And I went. The only thing that brought me back here was one thing that I want to share with us today. It was the love of the brethren. I know Auntie Executive will come in. Favor, come. Then her house, where it is now, Mza Street, to go there is a death trap. You cannot go to her house once it is 5 p.m. You don't cross Mza Street when it is 5 p.m. But then I'll go. She's like, hey, hey, how are you? How is school? Just that caring alone. Anytime I'm back from school, she Come, how is your result? I said, it's not at say I want to know. She wasn't giving me one error. Not even my transport. Sometimes she does, yes, I remember there are days. But the issue is that if she gives me transport, there is of no use. You still have to trek out. From the street, you definitely have to trek out almost to government house. Before any, in fact, if you wave Okada close to her house, they will almost knock you down. The bridge was not paved. I know the years I'm talking. You can't drive through there. That was when I started visiting her. I was just a young man who just got admission. Now, what did that do for me? I came here, and one day somebody preached. He said, what do you do in the fellowship? I looked around. The only thing I can do is that when I go to the office, I see all this. When I come here, I can be usher. I just went to the president and said, I want to be an usher. Only usher. So when I close for work, I'll just come. You always notice me standing at the back. Every, that was how it started. And with that little addition, God brought the increase. Graduated, got a job, got married, had a fellowship son. And today, still working on appointment. It wasn't a miracle from anywhere. It's from here. So I am telling you, today, if only we can look back at how the love was then, we know that we have declined spiritually. It's not about the preaching that comes from here. It is about our practice. It is about our love for each other. 
It is about how we reach out to the person sitting next to you. It doesn't have to be CP or it doesn't have to be either, uh, uh, okay? It could just be two young men who decide to bond and put their bonds to use the fellowship. And I tell you, God will take you places. Thank you very much. On this note, I'll beg. And my appeal goes simple. I know times are hard. I know things are difficult. But if we must overcome this spiritual decline, yes, it starts from you first, but we must do it as a fellowship. The fellowship must begin to start not just from CP, but from you sitting there, putting yourself to use to work. And then we can grow spiritually. If we do not do that, all we are saying here will become rhetorics. Rich wonder ritual. God forbid. I pray that at the end of today, we will no longer just want to eat the food from the fellowship. I don't mean the physical food of meat wine. And I mean the spiritual food. But we want to exercise the same faith and let it bring growth and maturity in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. I'm sure you can do better than that. I'm sure you can do better.